What is going on, friends? Thank you for joining us for the New Vision Podcast. We here at New Vision believe that the gospel transforms lives. So we're going to take an opportunity to open up God's word and see what he has to say so that we can take the best next step to become more like Jesus. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Greg Freeman, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at New Vision. Today, we're going to be in Joshua chapter 20, verses 1 through 9, and I am reading from the ESV translation. Uh, Joshua 20, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Say to the people of Israel, Appoint the cities of refuge of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowingly may flee there. They shall be for you a refuge from the avenger of blood. He shall flee to one of these cities and shall stand at the entrance of the gate of the city and explain his case to the elders of that city. Then they shall take him into the city and give him a place, and he shall remain with them. And if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not give up the manslayer into his hand, because he struck his neighbor unknowingly and did not hate him in the past. Verse 6, And he shall remain in that city until he has stood before the congregation for judgment, until the death of him who is high priest at the time. Then the manslayer may return to his own town and his own home to the town from which he fled. Verse 7, So they set apart Kadesh in Galilee, in the hill country of Nephtali, and Shechem in the hill country of Ephraim, and Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the hill country of Judah. And beyond the Jordan east of Jericho, they appointed Bezer in the wilderness on the tableland from the tribe of Reuben, and Ramoth and Gilead from the tribe of Gad, and Golan and Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities designated for all the people of Israel and for the strangers sojourning among them that anyone who killed a person without intent could flee there so that he might not die by the hand of the avenger of blood till he stood before the congregation. Now, cities of refuge aren't something that we're particularly uh, familiar with, but as we look at this scripture, as we read through it, we definitely see how God works and we can apply some of the same principles of refuge to our own lives. But before we go there, let's talk real quickly about what a city of refuge uh, was in the time of Joshua. Now, God first gave Moses instruction back in the book of Numbers about the refuge cities. They're also uh, discussed in Deuteronomy chapters 4 and 19. And in a nutshell, refuge cities were how God ensured justice among the Israelites. So in the culture, if a person was murdered, that person's family, their clan, had an obligation to avenge the death by putting the person who killed their family member to death. But God made a distinction between intentional murder and accidental death. He called it manslaughter. So the challenge was, how would somebody know, how would the family of the deceased know if it was murder or manslaughter, right? Certainly in someone's grief, it's going to be easy to assume it's murder, but it would be unjust to kill someone for manslaughter. So that person who committed manslaughter, they were to find their ways to the gates of a city of refuge. They were supposed to go to the city gates, and there the elders would meet. That's where they would meet to decide legal cases, and at the gates, the person would explain to the elders the situation and the elders would investigate the circumstances. So it was kind of the, the trial. And so if the elders found that person guilty of murder, they would have them executed. But if the elders decided it was manslaughter, that person was allowed to live in the city, and the victim's family could not come and kill them. 
Now, he couldn't leave the city of refuge until the death of the high priest. Warren Wearsby notes, it really is a case of a person forfeiting his freedom in order to save his life. Now, the cities of refuge, it was interesting, they were positioned so that no matter where someone lived in Israel, they were within reasonable traveling distance, generally considered to be one day or less. The roads to the cities were expected to be well-maintained to make that travel easier. So God clearly wanted people to have a chance to go uh, be heard. So obviously, our legal system is very different today, but the principle of giving someone the opportunity to be heard clearly originated with the Lord. It's a picture of his inherent mercy, but there's some other things that we see uh, as well. And as we look at the city as a refuge, where's be comments that they really paint a picture of our salvation in Jesus Christ. In chapter 6, the writer of Hebrews claims that we have fled to Jesus for our refuge. Just as the person of accused of murder had to go to a city of refuge, we as lost sinners have to flee um, to the saving grace of Jesus through faith in him. But there's a difference. The Israelite who ran to a city of refuge would have made a case for his innocence, and he may have been innocent. But for us, when we come to Jesus for our salvation, there is no question as to whether or not we're guilty. We are. We were born that way. In fact, the only way we find salvation is to admit that we're guilty. The only way you get saved is to admit your guilt and ask for God's mercy. Another difference is this. If the person left the city of refuge prematurely before the death of the high priest, they were open to being caught and killed. But when your refuge is in Christ, it is unconditional. You're forever secure. There's something else in these verses a little bit deeper that's that's really interesting uh, that we can think about. In verse 2, the Lord repeated to Joshua what he told Moses, and that is to establish the cities of refuge. Now, Numbers 35, uh, chapter 35, verse 6, God specified six cities. Book later in Deuteronomy 19, God says six cities, but he gives a little more. In verses uh, 8 and 9 in Deuteronomy 19, uh, Moses writes, And if the Lord your God enlarges your territory as he has sworn to your fathers and gives you all the land that he promised to give to your fathers... This is verse 9. Provided you are careful to keep all this commandment, which I command you today, by loving the Lord your God and walking ever in his ways, then you shall add three other cities to these. So in verse 8, Moses talks about the opportunity for God to expand the land that he's given to Israel. But there's, but there's a condition. Listen to verse 9 again. Provided you are careful to keep all this commandment, which I command you today, by loving the Lord your God and by walking ever in his ways. So here, Moses sets a condition. And then this is what happens when the Israelites meet that condition. If they walk in his ways, they're going to get another three cities. God is saying through Moses, if you love me and you walk, you know, obey me, I'm going to give you three more cities of refuge for a total of nine. Now remember, these cities of refuge could save someone's life. Now Nowadays, for us, it's probably hard to think about uh, manslaughter and accidental like that, but if you're working in a primitive agrarian economy, you're working away, maybe trying to cut down a tree with a, a stone axe head, and that axe head comes flying off and kills the guy next to you, well, you've got a problem. That guy's family is honor-bound to kill you. So to save your life, you got to take off. you got to get ahead of that clan. you got to get to a city of refuge. And if you're running for your life, you probably want as many safe havens as possible. So there's real value in having another three cities of refuge. But we see in Joshua that only six were built. 
So from that, we can see that the Israelites did not keep God's commandments. Their disobedience cost them yet again. And as we think about that in our own lives, disobedience keeps us from fully experiencing what God has for us. It limits the amount of refuge that is available to us. If you're a believer, disobedience does not separate you from God in eternity, but it does keep you from finding full refuge in Him. And I think all of us need to take a look at ourselves to find those areas of disobedience, knowing that those sticking points are keeping us from the full refuge that God has for us. Cities of refuge were God's way of protecting the ancient Israelites. In His generosity, He provided six of them. In their disobedience, they lost the opportunity to have three more. So the question that we have to ask ourselves is, what disobedience in our life is limiting our refuge in God? And as we ponder that, we need to keep in mind the great thing about the Lord is that his love, his mercy, as children of his, all we need to do is confess and humbly seek uh, ways to be obedient to him. And God will forgive us and he will provide. Thanks so much for listening. Have a blessed day. Thank you for joining us today for the New Vision Podcast. We hope that you have heard a word from the Lord and that you can better walk today in light of God's word. To find out more information about New Vision, we would love for you to follow us on Instagram at New Vision Life or look us up online at newvisionlife.com. And as always, we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.